It is more important now than ever for families to instill the values they want into their children and equip them to make better choices in life. Timeless Truths will inspire you to do just that. Welcome to Timeless Truths, and I am your host, Dr. Christine Van Horn. Thank you to my friend Daryl Rolar, the recording artist, composer, and producer of this music called Beautiful Soul. Good day, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. Welcome to this episode of Timeless Truths. Today, we are going to discuss words. Well, like we all like to talk, right? So how we communicate with our family and friends is really basic to everything that we do. Getting our words right is really a foundation for so many things that are timeless truths. Think back. Remember when your children were young and they were learning to talk and you may have told them, use your words to encourage them to talk. And they have not stopped talking since. But are they speaking the right words? Are you? It's kind of uh, some hard, difficult questions to ask yourself. We're going to talk about that today. Words have power. And we live in a society as a whole that's pretty much lost that fact. Words are spoken to freely with little meaning or used in derogatory context just way too much of the time. I want to call your attention to Proverbs 18.21. The tongue has the power of life and death. Wow, that's really pretty profound and it's pretty heavy. And it means The things that you say have just so much power to bring life or death into your life or that of another person. So let's talk about that a little bit. And I have a few points that I want to cover. Number one, we need to think before we speak. You know, so often people just blurt out these words and they don't think about what they're going to say in advance. You know, the words come out wrong or not in the real meaning that was intended. Have you ever done anything like that? I know I have. And you know, once those words are spoken, they're out there. You can't easily take them back. And people remember things that you say about them or to them for a long time. And in some cases, the rest of their lives. And it just gives you a pause to think, we really need to be careful about what words come out of our, our mouths. So this is a, a quote from the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 2. You shall be snared by the words of your mouth. So what does that mean? It means the words that you say could come back to haunt you. They could trap you. You know, be careful about the things that you say, because somebody will remember them and come back and say, you know, you said, and and you have to try to find some way to, to get out of it, but they remember what you said. So that's what a snare is. It's a trap. And it means you shall be trapped by the words of your mouth. If they're spoken negatively or derogatory, they can come back to haunt you. Point two, words spoken over someone can have a lasting effect on that person's life. 
you know, we often hear, you know, an adult say what somebody said to them when they were a child, you know, my dad said I was going to be a failure or my teacher said I'd never make it past second grade or whatever it was. You know, they just kind of said those things, not meaning them, but the child takes them and internalizes them and it's hurtful. And it really can define the self-worth of a person. So we really need to be careful about what we say. You know, really thinking in advance is critical. Be so careful about what you say to your children or over them. Or even if they're not in the room, they might overhear something that you're saying. Be extremely careful. But let me give you a story. Uh, When I was young, I liked to talk a lot in school when I shouldn't be. And so teachers, uh, they were not too happy with me. And I remember being in a classroom where the teacher would give me a punishment for talking out of turn. And I probably deserved it, you know, to be talked to, you know, like, don't talk right now. But what was said over me and the effect of it, I carry with me to this day, enough for me to give it as an example to you. I was to stand in the garbage can in the front corner of the room to be an example to all children that I was not supposed to be talking. I don't remember the exact words, but I remember the effect. I was standing in a garbage can on garbage in front of the room. And, you know, it's so important what words to say to your children. Think before you speak something negatively over them. They may need correction. I needed correction for what I was doing, but not in that manner. And that's the same, you know, thing for you. It may not be the manner that uh, should be said, but think, just think before you speak something negatively over them. Point three, children will imitate adults. Watch what you say around children because they're going to repeat things that they hear and they'll say to other people, So really be careful. You know, if you're using words that are not to be spoken by children, or maybe adults for that matter, because if they speak these words and somebody hears it, it points the finger right back at you. They're probably saying something innocently. They don't even know what it means, but they're repeating something that you said. But people will know what you talk about in the privacy of your home or with others when they hear children saying things that they shouldn't be saying. So really be careful. Be careful in your home. Use use it as a caution to be extremely concerned about the words that you say. Really an important thing to do. Point four, do everything without complaining or arguing. This means everything. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it. You know, it, it can leave you right where you are. You could be like stuck because you're unable to focus on anything positive or move forward. That's what complaining does. You just get stuck in the past uh, or today, and you just keep complaining about it. Because once you start complaining about something, you keep on complaining about it. And, and, you know, you're just causing your your own hardships. Here's a verse out of Philippians. Philippians 2.14. Do everything without complaining or arguing. It says everything. Do everything without complaining or arguing. You know, it would be so much better if you could just talk to people and and kind of talk through things. And, you know, people just want to hear, you know, upbeat things. And if you have things that are really problems, sit down with some close friends, 
don't just complain because a person who complains, 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 and, and really, um, you're known as a complainer. Nobody wants to hear this stuff. It, re- it really is it's nothing they want to hear. Complaining is really the opposite of being positive. You know, you need to focus on the future and positive things rather than, you know, the bad things that come into your pathway. We all get them. We all get them. Maybe differently, but we all get them. You know, and so the choice, and it's a choice to really focus on positive or the negative things in your life. You know, you can, it's up to you. You can live a life of good things or you can live in the wilderness. The choice is up to you. And I say wilderness because I'm going to give you an example. That's what happened to the Israelites. When they crossed the Red Sea and, and were headed to the promised land, they got stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. And the Bible says it was an 11-day trip. So they turned an 11-day trip into 40 years. Why? Complaining, arguing. It was, it was what they were saying and how they did it. They weren't thankful. And see, that's the key. And tur- turn your complaining into thankfulness for something. And had the Israelites focused on thankfulness, um, they could have turned an 11-day trip into an 11-day trip. And that turned it into 40 years. Complaining is a wilderness mentality, and nobody wants to hear it. Point five, society likes to argue and debate. Now, if you've noticed, these are all kind of negative things, but I'm going to turn this around into the positive. But I need to do this to bring out the things that you shouldn't do so we can focus on what you should. So point five is society likes to argue and debate. You know, we've got a court system that does that. The media does that. Or, you know, just us on a personal level, arguing and debating something is just, you know, it occurs way too often. You know, people want to voice their own opinions or claim their own rights. And, you know, we it's a tendency, I think, that we have just to be argumentatively vocal without, you know, the thought to what doors is that opening up to other bad things happening in our life? So let's focus on what the Word of God says about arguing and being opinionated. This is from Titus 3.9. But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable and useless. Hmm. Avoid foolish controversies, arguments, quarrels, unprofitable and useless. Wow. It, It really says how... Totally useless. All of this stuff is complaining and all of that. It, it, it goes nowhere. It provides you nothing, but it's wasted time. You know, there's a rise in people that, you know, want their rights and it causes all these ridiculous debates. You know, people spent more time focusing on really the important issues of life and solutions and less time on what individual people think. Uh, actually, you know, solutions might manifest a whole lot more. Arguments and quarrels are not healthy. You know, we should have gentle natures and be able to control ourselves from getting all worked up like that. Point six, swearing. Swearing is totally unnecessary. You don't have to use words that shouldn't be spoken to make a point. It, It just, it doesn't make your statement stronger. In fact, most people, it turns them off. You know, having to use language that should not be used does not make your case stronger. 
It can leave a bitter taste in the mouth of most people. You know, they might not say it to your face, but they that's how they feel. It also makes you lose credibility because it's just not a good thing. You know, people even in, in current day, they um, are using, you know, three letters that begin with an O and I'm not going to go any further. And they, they use it as an expression of something that's good or bad. And it's just three letters and it's, you know, put in text messages and it's said and it's in emails and it's all, guess what? That's swearing. That's swearing too. Think back to what the 10 commandments are. You know, they still exist, you know, even though we've taken them out of schools and public areas. And there is a commandment that says, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So it's Exodus chapter 20, verse seven. God still means this. You know, just as a rule of thumb, what you can do is don't say anything that you would not want God to hear. So, okay, I've said the negative, but I want to focus on the positive from this point forward. So we need to control what we say, and our words should be kind. Our words should be kind. You know, if you if you stopped and you really thought, if you're saying things that are not kind, you shouldn't be saying them. You know, the, the words that we speak need to be good. They need to be good. If our words are not spoken in kindness, it is better that we remain silent. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23 list the fruit of the Spirit. Two of the fruit are gentleness and self-control. And they're both tied to how you talk. Be gentle and use self-control before you talk and about what words you use. Point nine, be an encourager. Encourage your children in all of the positive things that you see them do. You know, instead of speaking anything negative over them, focus on the positive. And where they have done some wonderful things, encourage them. You know, tell them how wonderful it is um, to that you've seen the things or you know those things that they have done. Focus on the wholesome. Focus on the positive. And then they're going to want to continue to do good things in life. Praise them when they do something in the right direction. Encourage them to continue on. Your simple words, were gonna, they'll go farther than you know and may have very lasting effects. I want to read you a quote. This is from John C. Maxwell. Uh, he is a success coach. He's an author. And this is really a, a profound statement. If you are a leader, and, and by the way, you're leaders, if you're a parent or a grandparent and you have children in your home, you're a leader. So if you are a leader, you should never forget that everyone needs encouragement and everyone who receives it, young or old, successful or less than successful, unknown or famous, is changed by it. I want to repeat this one more time so you really catch all the words. If you are a leader, you should never forget that everyone needs encouragement and everyone who receives it, young or old, successful or less than successful, unknown or famous, is changed by it. And that's John C. Maxwell's quote. It's just, we all need encouragement. It's how we can move on to the next day and, and press in harder and make accomplishments occur. We need that encouragement. And point nine is affirmations. And I've talked about it, but let me explain here. Affirmations are positive things we say over ourselves 
or you can save them over your children as well. And it's, you know, not always something that's occurring at the moment. And that's why it, it may seem a little foreign to do. But the more we save them, the more real they become. So let me give you an example. If you want to eat healthier, you can say something like, I make, I make healthy foods a priority in my life. And you have a pizza in front of you. Um, but the more you say it, the more you're going to focus on eating the healthy foods rather than that pizza. Or if you want to get up earlier to do special things, you could say something like, I get up at 6 a.m. and spend the first hour of my day in quality time. You know, th th that's what an affirmation is. It's not always what you see now, but what you want for the future. Or it might be what you have today, but not where you came from yesterday. But you repeat it and you repeat it and you repeat it. So, you know, once again, go to my three free videos on my website at drchris.co. One of them is on affirmations and it'll, it'll give you some examples and it'll tell you a little bit more about how to do affirmations. But let me mention why they are important. It's an example of the power of words. We're speaking positive things over our lives. We're speaking things that we want for our present and our future as though they exist now. Wow, this was hard for me to do. It really was. It took me a while because it's like, how can I say something that isn't occurring? But that's what an affirmation is. You speak it until it becomes a reality. Believe that you will see them and they'll come to pass. Whatever it is, believe in it. Believe what you're saying and keep saying it. You know, people in the, the business world do this all the time. Why shouldn't we? With our families. The answer is we should. You know, an example would be if they have a goal of a certain money, you know, amount of money and income by the end of a quarter, they they say, you know, our we will receive X amount of dollars by the end of the quarter. Or if they have business deals coming up, they'll say, I've got this business deal. Well, if they do it and it's successful, why does it work? It works because it's biblical. You know, it, it's biblical. It's something that God does, so we should do it. Hmm, you might be saying, so how does God do that? Okay, I'm going to give you a scripture, Romans 4.17. The word says, God, who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they are. Romans 4.17. Let me repeat the scripture. This was a tough one for me. The word says, God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. You know, I really struggled with this. How can you say something that isn't there? You know, I wanted to be saying, oh, my back hurts, not my back is healed. I wanted to say what I saw, not what I expected to occur in the future. So this one, this was a hard one for me. It was something I really, really struggled with. But when you call things, that's what God did. He called things that were not as though they were. And God said there was light. The light wasn't there before he said it, but it was after. And so that's the same type of thing that we really need to do. We need to call things that are not as though they were. And that, you know, and that's really what affirmations are. Speaking things that we don't see yet as though they really are. And then they come to pass. You can do this with, you know, Bible verses as well. You know, speak them over your life too. 
And Bible verses, when you speak them, uh, they're called confessions. So uh, you can find a verse that you know has fits a situation in your life and routinely say it. You know, write it down and then say it. And then that's a confession. It's the same thing as an affirmation. Uh, in the, the business world, they call them affirmations. In the family world, it's affirmations. But, you know, if you're talking about scriptures, it's a confession. You know, and, and speak to the situations in your life that you want to see differently. Don't speak about them, but speak to them. Hmm, what does that mean? This was another one that I had trouble with. I wanted to say what I saw not what I wanted to take action against, you know. So this is from the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 23. And it says, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that all those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Oh, this, this was a lot. I, I had trouble processing this when I started to really study it. You know, speak to the mountain. So whatever that mountain is, whatever that problem is, the words of your mouth are really critical. It's not saying, oh, I have back pain. Oh, I'm so tired. Speak to the mountain. Be removed and cast into the sea. Don't doubt it. Believe it. And it will be done. So, you know, and I had back pain when I was younger. And so the back pain that I had, I could say, oh, my back hurts. Or I would say, my back is healed. My back has been healed and I am well. That's speaking to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. Say you have a test coming up and you're really concerned about taking this test. Instead of focusing on, I can't take tests and I'm going to fail. There you're speaking about the mountain because the mountain is the test. But if you speak to the mountain, you say, I will pass this test with flying colors, with a good grade, because I can pass tests. You speak to the mountain, not about it. You speak to the problem, not about the problem. And point 10 is the attitude behind your words. And I want to close with an explanation of this. You know, so often, you know, we just say words and they just kind of come out, but people feel your attitude with the words. It's not necessarily always the words they hear, but the attitude you have when you say them. So I'm going to give you an example. Um, somebody gives you a gift and you want to say, you know, that you're thankful for it. So you could say, thank you. What's your attitude? I don't really care. Or you could say, thank you. This really means a lot to me. The other person knows that it's from your heart. They can sense your attitude. You know, the, the words could always be the same, the thank you, but it's your attitude behind it. Now, I added a few words, but you, you get the point that... You know, it's, it's the attitude. People feel that. And that actually is a quote from John Maxwell again. People may hear your words, but they feel your attitude. So it's not just the words we say. It's the attitude behind those words. The tone of your voice and your sincerity, those could mean a lot more than your words, a lot more than your words. So I want to close 
with a a verse out of Matthew. This is Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. Let me repeat that one more time, and then I'm going to explain it. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. The words that you say reflect what's inside of you. And what's inside of you is your heart. You know, what what does it really mean? So, you, you know, if you have a lack of caring, you know, in your heart, when somebody gives you a gift, it's just going to come out, like I said before, thank you. But if you're truly grateful, your heart is grateful for something that somebody gave to you, what you're going to speak out of your mouth is going to be, like I said, thank you so very much. This means so much to me. And it's the attitude behind your words. And it's what's in your heart that really reflects so much. So I want you to, you know, think about that. Think about your words this week. Think about the things that we've said. And as you go to say something, stop. Think about it. Will the words that I say be uplifting and encouraging? Or will they be something that brings somebody down? Be really careful. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you, pay attention to your words this week. Think about what you're saying. Don't just say something to say something, but really think, you know, what? how are they coming across to someone? What do they really mean? So I want to leave you with that, with that action for this week to just really think about the things that you say to your children, to your coworkers, to people you meet on the street. Your words mean so much. So in closing, please subscribe Give this a good rating if it means a lot to you and and give a review. Share this with your friends. You know, if a few of you are listening to this, you can discuss this together. Hey, what did you think of this? Or how can I apply this to my family life? Or, you know, you can just brainstorm with one another. And, and that makes it so much more meaningful. I will see you next week and wishing you a blessed week. Bye for now from Dr. Christine Van Horn and Timeless Truths. Thank you for tuning in to the Timeless Truths podcast with me, Dr. Christine Van Horn. I hope that you have been inspired and have found this discussion helpful in guiding your family. Please check out my website at drchris.co for additional resources or contact me at chris at drchris.co. See you next week.